Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 31st of July 2023. Tomorrow is August, which is the lovely sunny month that everybody gets everything finished. Not this year. Anyway, favourite farmers uh, pop group, wet, wet, wet. Uh, any other such statements? You know, clearly we're having a pretty grumpy old time. Today it's got puddles on the road, it's wet as anything, and people are combining because the forecast beyond today is pretty gruesome. So we've got some very wet grain coming our way. We are looking after our store members. We're trying to look after our farmer members who don't own storage, who haven't got a dryer, um, and we are moving it but boy oh boy it is turning into a bit of a problem because you can't you you can only put so many tons through so many dryers and lots of the dryers are turning their eyes towards all seed rape at the moment which has all got to be harvested because it's falling on the floor and the yields are dropping by the minute and yeah it's glum miserable grumpy old stuff and we haven't seen one of these for a while so you just got to put it down to experience and uh Remind yourself sometimes that combining at 16% with a forecast that doesn't look very good is a good idea as opposed to waiting, which last harvest, if that was their first harvest, was just like falling off a log. You could decide whether you combined or whether you finished at 6, 7, 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock at night and it was all dry regardless. So, you know, this is, as I say, the only benefit of oldness is experience and you're gaining a very valuable experience. So moving on to markets, we have a, we have a chat following this. It's me, Webby and Ben late last evening you know you can tell we're pretty weather worn ourselves uh so we ben and i've been on the podcast walk which was great we had three guys turn up and we had a brilliant walk and the footpaths around the swanton abbott felmingham or a skyton area are really well kept in comparison to what we've seen so far so whenever we turn up next we're, we're, we're doing an inspection of uh, of who looks after their footpath so the gold star goes to that region Right, the market is pretty boring. It's it's up and down depending on whether um, there's Russian activity doing strange things. The weather in the world is still incredibly hot all over the place. The sentiment in the world in those places is obviously bullish, and you're countering that against the reality of harvest actually occurring. The biggest things to me, I think, of concern is the the Canadian drought. That crop is dropping in size um, outside of our own borders, and obviously the other one is the weather over here with... This ongoing rain stopping things. At this moment, most of the winter barleys are in. It has been cool and damp as opposed to hot and damp. And therefore, we believe the bulk of the winter barley crop is still in good condition. We'll be getting that in in the next day or two, I guess. The spring barley, we've seen three or four samples of it. Nothing's got... And we've literally actually seen two samples. I've got I've got some 88 retained laureate, which is a really reasonably good-looking sample nitrogen very low it will be okay that'll be that'll be very usable 
you got about 60 tonnes of it cut. And we had three tractor and trailer loads come in the other day of Diablo, which is like Laureate, and it was 75 retained. And the debate about that, oh, that's too low. Well, I'm not going to kick it into touch yet because we haven't got the rest of the crop in, in the barn, have we? So let's wait and see. I think the retentions will be okay with the bulk of the crop once we get into the main stronger land but yeah we'll hold our breath on it so malting values x farm for winter malting barley is about 210 for for quick movement if you want to move craft for Oknov deck in the region of 240 pounds a ton x farm so if you give us a call if you want to uh, you know discuss any of that markets are pretty firm don't see them dropping so there's no hurry but if you want to lock some prices in that's roughly where they're at give or take a penny or two depending on where your farm lies and then the spring barley we can't really price yet i mean the fob market is is trading around the 300 euro mark which with the current currency value is about 255 256 a pound against against euro so once you've put the fob charges on once you've you know, it's you're kind of 250 delivered or less than that. So you're going to be something like 235, 240x for 185 nitrogen type barley's going onto a boat. That's a good backstop. I don't see that one being weak either. The whole of Europe's getting this problem. We're all holding our breath on the UK crop and the Danish crop. So we are important in this market. The French winter barley's finished. That's largely been okay, not perfect, not disastrous. Some of the early springs in France were a bit dodgy, but some of the mainstream ones they're cutting now are okay. So again, I think there is a supply of malting barley there. If everything starts to go really, really badly, let's not forget the malter is totally capable of moving the goalposts a bit. And I, and, and I possibly think that might be what they have to do. We will see. The minute they do that, the whole of the market drops anyway, because everybody has to kind of meet the same standard to ensure they get the supply. So it's never the end of the world just because your, your stuff doesn't instantly look perfect. It's a good time to not panic, take a breather, and unless you're really forced to move it as feed and that's the end of that, then if you can possibly avoid that, you might end up as feed anyway, but the discount price for feed barley at harvest time is so so big, you'd gain by hanging on to it if you possibly could. So try and find ways of giving yourself a bit of a delay in decision-making because I think intake realities will, will alter. We'll see. That's that very much dependent on what happens next and what happens next is forecast as i said wet 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 so ordinary boring old stuff like feed barley 150x farm harvest movement and yeah i mean you'll gain at least 15 quid if you sell it for november if you can sell it x farm later that's the point feed wheat currently is kind of dead in east Anglia. I mean, other parts of the country up north they are now having to buy first two weeks of August, the delay in harvest is pushing harvest back and the stocks that some people have carried have not quite been enough, not anticipating it being a mid-August start. So we're seeing the market creep up with buyers up north. Over in East Anglia, it's, it's kind of, you know, most people have got the sales, they've got the tonnage to supply to the sales and everybody's happily functioning along on that basis. When it comes to the first week of August, will we see... You know, on the 1st of August, if you've got delivery instruction into a mill, have you got any new crop wheat cut? No. Therefore, you're going to need old crop stock for it. How many days do we go into August before we need to have new crop wheat cut? Uh, and that is that is the dilemma, basically. And, and there may be one or two people with some commitments in August who get stung or damaged a little bit by the fact that they haven't got 
they haven't got supply. And some merchants have no conscience about that and just don't turn up and go, oops, Mr. Fixing, which is fine. But I sincerely hope that the consumer who allows that merchant to do that doesn't fall for the, oh, I forgot, puts a really big black mark to say, don't buy anything off this person for the whole of the next 12 months because they are shites. But, you know, if, if people have no conscience or if the consumer is dim enough to fall for being hoodwinked, then yeah, carry on, boys. But uh, wake up and smell the coffee springs to mind. Uh, so have I told you a value? Probably not. So I would value at this moment in time X Farm Harvest to be something like 180 and you're going to be something like 186 or 78 in delivered into a store. That is a movable feast. The market's two pounds odd down this morning. And it was four quid, five quid down yesterday. And it was how many pounds up on Monday. And, you know, it's it's very volatile. Four days ago, it was 217 or 18 on the North Futures. Now it's 205. That is not a net loss in the week, it's a net gain in the week. It went up more than it's come down. So it's been a good week, but it's just dropped a load in the last 24 hours. If you can tell me what, what uh, war things are going to occur in the Ukraine in the next three days over the weekend is quite favourite with old Vlad, then maybe Monday morning we'll have a £20 rally again. Who knows? Your call. Flip a coin. So I've told you feed barley, I've told you feed wheat, malting barley, Oh, uh, ex-farm feed wheat prices, beg your pardon, for November is going to be about 190 and ex-farm for May is about 200 So that's good, 10 quid carry, £200 a tonne, that's a, a sparkling price. Yeah, I think that's all I've got to tell you. The rest of it we have a conversation about after this when we keep, I kept trying to get back to sensible stuff, but we ended up going, talking about Webby's teeth. Um, and one or two other things like that. The podcast walk for August, I haven't yet decided because I haven't thought about it, so I'll come up with that next week. And otherwise, I hope we get a dry day and I hope we beat those Aussies at cricket to show that uh, sportiness counts. But uh, I have my slight doubts on that. Anyway, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications, informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download. And with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at doinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for the farm chat. Okay, we're going to do a market chat with Ben, Webby and myself after futures close on the Thursday evening, Thursday the 27th. Hello, Ben. Hello. Where's Ian? Ian's just walking in with a huge tankard. I've opened a beer for you, Webby. The beers are provided by Tim Porter, who popped up to see his old mate Webby and came popped in, an avid listener and getter of prices by the doing grain predictors of what the market does next, so he should have lost a fair bit in the last month. And he bought us some beer. So Whitstable Bay, Pale Ale, mm. cheers, Tim. We yeah, like cheers, the beer. Tim. Yeah, well done. Yeah, it looks all right, doesn't it? Pale Ale. Perfect for an evening recording a podcast, isn't it? Perfect. Perfect Thank for you. a throat opener, as well, used to call it. <laughs> okay. Where shall we start? Chaps, harvest. We are enjoying the benefits of a 
wet harvest. I wouldn't use the word enjoying. <laughs> Benefits? Uh, no. Yeah. None. There are none. <laughs> this is not a fun time. The dryer can't keep up with the volume of wet grain that's coming at us. We yeah. will obviously keep up. We will tip everything that comes in. But it is proving very difficult. Yeah, it is tricky. And you do feel the pain. You can feel, you know, farms coming in and clearly not enjoying a moment of it. But it will clear out eventually. But, I mean, let's say the forecast until at least next Thursday is, yeah, rain every day. Yeah, looking, yeah, pretty shit. But I think Norfolk has been slightly protected from it. I think other areas have been far worse. Oh, what, you think what? Well, someone sent a picture through to a friend and there's flat wheats in the fen that have been hammered. Blimey. Got lots of friends, that boy. The report so far, retention on winter barleys was initially a big fear. It's okay. There's still thin ones around, but largely they've improved. There's enough decent quality winter barley, I think, to tick mm. all the boxes of it. It's still there. I mean, you did say that, but there's there's enough thin ones in the system. Yeah. Still coming forward. But on you're right, there are some better lands, <laughs> better retention. Well, by the time we take the 18% moisture down to 14 and a half, they're probably a bit thinner anyway, and other such issues. But they're well threshed out, there's not so many awns on it. And more importantly, the weather has remained cool, as predicted, and we believe that barley is still sound. So we're comfortable with it up to this point. We had a good day yesterday yeah. before the rain came in the evening, which means people were cutting it. Yes, it was wet, but we got a massive tonnage. Yeah, I think again, quite a few people the opportunity to finish off winter barley as people steamed into rapeseeds that's probably the grimmer of the stories isn't it at the moment with the volunteers people are seeing on the floor carpet of established rapeseed but well we i mean we're thinking to ourselves we've got stores lined up for rapeseed with we're not going to need all of that capacity are we no i don't think we are i just you know i think we're going to struggle to fill them and it will be there'll be better things to do but rapeseed definitely is a concern concern yeah yeah that is now the priority for most people who anyone who's growing rape and didn't pull it up ben and i've just been on the podcast walk today actually and we had a proper two and a quarter hours full speed yeah that was a proper walk and one of the lads who was on it toby tibbenham from waybread he's on the second walk on the trot so he's got rape in the ground again hasn't he he has line was this is it yeah if this he said this will either work or it won't and if it doesn't work, I'm done with rapeseed. Yeah. Some people have done with it before this year. So there is some plant for next year already. And other parts of the country are getting on with it. So that's positive, possibly. Hopefully the little bugs won't be quite so prevalent this coming season. I know it's early, but these are kind of ideal conditions to establish a rapeseed crop. Oh, I think it You know, warm and wet, it's like, it's awesome, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the crop will get away well. Whether yeah. that is enough to keep the little beggars out, then... Yeah. Another story, last year was incredibly dry, wasn't it? And you couldn't get Yeah, it didn't rain until so. the second week of September. So Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's an optimistic moment, right? Maybe 10 points to Gryffindor there. So, yeah, the tale of woe is rape. Sorry, ben. Yeah, no, no. The tale of woe at the minute is rape. But obviously we've started seeing a few springs coming in now. Yes, we have. I've got to say we haven't seen one with a retention of 90 yet. Yeah. It's 88 is the best and 75 is the worst. So... Maybe the early spring barleys are going to be thin as well. Yeah, and they might improve as we go on, but... I hope so. I really would like there to be a very good, big spring barley crop. The potential, in my opinion, is definitely there. I rubbed out a sample. On Monday, we were up at Holcombe, 
We were meeting up with a monster and the admins, so the, the contract that goes from Holcombe we've been doing for years. And we rubbed out some barleys in the middle of the park. And it was bold. I was quite confident on what I saw. I think it is there is enough of a crop. The stuff that was drilled a little bit later possibly might be better. I think we will have a decent size. It now boils down to what the weather does between mm. now and... Our biggest issue is the stores that we've got. We commit to moving stuff. We commit to helping people if we possibly can. Some people own storage space. They take priority. Other people we do contracts with, and we'll move it as best we possibly can. Some of our outside stores can't cope with the volume of wet grain. Yeah. And they're saying, no, no, we can't take it all at once. Which creates a problem or a bottleneck and people, you know, start squealing about it. I mean, it does create, yeah, stress and obviously we're the first point of contact. Well, it's an occupational hazard. We're still moving stuff within pretty well a couple of days when people yeah. are notifying us. It's just expectations. We're aware that one or two, there's definitely barley's moving. We see other lorries around, but whether they move the whole lot and clear it up is bad as or as good as, you know, if you've still got two or three loads left in the bin, it's the same as it being a full bin because you can't put something new on top of it. You know, we're sitting in the office here. It's pretty gloomy and overcast, but, you know, if you give me a smile, Webby, it might brighten things up a bit. Oh, that took oh, him. Oh, there we go. That took him, that <laughs> took him seven minutes and 32 oh, seconds. Yeah. Shining through. Give him hey? the microphone, There we ben. go. Give him the mic. Right, go on, Ian. We finally found a little chink in Webby's armor. Ben is delighted. No, you can't. No, I'm going to tell it because I'm much kinder than you are. The highlight of the whole thing is that obviously there was a package sitting on Ian's desk and it just said Ian Webster, you know, Dewing Grain, didn't it? And Josh was sitting there and I said, Josh, what's this package? He went, oh, I don't know, it's just arrived. So I picked it up, turned it over, and on the back it had like professional tooth whitening kits. Right, so, if I may now, now we've wrestled the mic back. I have said, though, to only have one imperfection is fine. Look, we didn't think you had an imperfection. It might (laughs) might nudge me towards 100% imperfection. The whole point of view is there's a number of things that we've teased you on, which are very teasable items, and you deal with it with incredible, like, yeah, part of my sex appeal or whatever it is you know yeah, yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> that's what the girls love and all that right, you just yeah, you just yeah. bat it off it's like water products back and all of a sudden from nowhere we found an insecurity because when we <laughs> went what's this you were like oh yeah okay and then you went i hate my teeth and it's like <laughs> it's like a revelation that you oh, had no, you're not that downbeat no it. but it was like it was like uh, okay, well, you know, I get it, wanting to have a, a dazzling smile and that. Uh, the biggest thing is Ben is utterly delighted that he's found this chink. And he's I've gonna got a chink. I've forever, got one chink. Uh, Forevermore, you, it's, that's going to be the one. So I predict on the, on the podcast, lots and lots of, in the darkest moments, chinks of little joke coming out of Ben. I haven't mentioned his <laughs> tactical trousers. What do you call them? Tactical trousers or technical trousers? <laughs> the ones with the, like, the knit fades knees in. Do you want to lose it? I know, I know, Find I know. Your time. I know. Calm down, Smiler. All right, just calm down. Just so I can get this clear, the one imperfection is your teeth, right? Which I disagree with. I think there's a few more. And your wife certainly told me about a few more. But but if once you've fixed your teeth, I mean, you're gonna be an absolute magnet for women, aren't you? Already am, but you know, I'll have a few more to knock away. A few more to knock away. It's been a problem I've had for the last 15 years. And so knockaways yeah. means a lot of phrase. 
about them well. So yeah. disappoint them with the refusal yeah. is what yeah. you mean, yeah? Put okay. them down nicely, yeah. Yeah, well, in this new yeah. modern world of being politically correct at all times and never, never sure. upsetting feminists, well, I think that's a, a good tactic, Ian. What I did quite enjoy, and this was quite a funny, very funny banter from The Office. I mean, it's a pretty uh, show any chink and it's merciless in here, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Which is great because I'm the same. I'm probably as bad as any. But Josh superimposed a picture of Ryland's teeth, <laughs> so a famous celebrity with some big gnashes, onto my picture on the website profile. And it was pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's quite good sport. On the follicular we had a famous farmer of ours who's had a hair job done where he's had some yeah. hair put in. And he's not less shy about it now because we were a bit unsure. Well, he, he suggested that Ben joined his club. Well, he said to me, he said, never too late, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, nah, wash and go, mate. What I didn't realise is they just take parts of the hair from the back of your head and just literally transplant them. It is your own hair, technically. That's right, then. Well, yeah. I don't even think about it. Like, I don't even think about it. Yeah. When I see him now, what, is that? Well, no, look, I, look, clearly, if someone has an issue with being bald, then they don't like to be bald, so they can do something about it. It's, it's you yeah. know, I mean, Josh and Henry, at their age, I was going bald. They haven't gone bald. Yeah. Are they, you know, are they using product of some description? I guess I don't know. I mean, technically, I'm not bald. Okay, which bit are we talking about? <laughs> that bit on the back you can't see. But yeah, it's pretty relentless. Whenever time I go for a haircut, you have had a good. Whenever haircut. I you have go for a haircut. You've had a good haircut this week, a proper haircut. Yeah, but then all I get from Webby is, yeah, no, you just need to shave all that off now. Yeah, Sarah must like it. She must go. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, she did like but it, but she's not it? here. Oh no, she can't like it. She hasn't seen it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think you should bite the book. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, you're right, Andrew. We do sound a bit flat, but the, <coughs> the teeth thing has just brought absolute joy to the office. Go back to something sensible, right? Right. In this week, on Monday morning, uh, going back such a hell of a long way, the market went up 20 quid. Was it 20 or 10? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that was because over the weekend, Vlad had done some bombing on the Danube as well as what he'd done on the... Odessa. Odessa. Yeah. So scuppering Ukraine's export hopes whilst, you know, forcing Complete. the price of grain up, which yeah. is benefiting him. Next day it was 10 quid down, and the next day it was 7 quid up, and the next day it was 7 quid down, and now I've got no idea <laughs> it's up, down, or gone round and round. It's ending at 206 or 207 on the futures tonight, and it has been as high as 214, was it? Or 217? No, higher oh, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it, I mean... The volatility... Masting advice, in our opinion, <laughs> this is a selling opportunity, and I think that's that. What we can't predict is the next horrific piece of action that makes the price go up again, or if Ukraine sink a <coughs> Russian grain cargo. Those are the sorts of things that could make the market go up really violently, and they exist, but you cannot rely on them happening, and you have to look at the potential of what's coming, don't you? You do. Just on that, I think we need to be a bit clear that you know, so Putin then said any commercial shipping in the Black Sea was now fair game. That they, they then released a report saying that they'd found explosive traces on various vessels. Ukraine then countered with, well, look, any vessel we see in the Black Sea is now fair game. You know, and then obviously Putin's got six African leaders visiting his country. He's guaranteed them all free grain, but only 50,000 tonnes each. Well, those that's not going to satisfy them. A total... 50,000. Yeah, good luck with that. But apparently <coughs> their net gross, sorry, imports is about 90 
okay. all in. So you'll give him 50,000 tonnes of grain he need from Ukraine, and he's going to be seen yeah. as a wonderfully generous... Samaritan, it's like... Yeah, he's, he's a <coughs> clever guy. But the one thing I think we do have to highlight on the wheat is obviously our man in Europe, who's very mm-hmm. good at keeping us informed, Scott Welcome. Yeah. He's highlighted that there are definite issues with European milling wheat. Yeah, the Hagbergs, which the weather that keeps coming across the centre of Europe as we predicted on this podcast, and the Hagbergs have got to have suffered in the UK, in the whole of Europe, especially the northern Europe, into Germany. And, yeah, clearly there's going to be a supply issue for milling wheat. Yeah, and especially with Canada, the issues there. I heard one this morning. Mm-hmm. I should have mentioned the office. But in the south, milling wheat's being cut. Proteins are quite good. That's not... Yeah, you should have mentioned it, you're right. Yeah. Carry on. Good proteins. You're here in the here 13s. High ish kilo weights, 77, 78s, and Hagberg's fine. How fine? Instead of making 300s. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. There's still an awful lot of wheat to cut in the rest of the country. The, well, in our opinion, but the, I think, yeah. the cool weather has kept the, the germination from going wrong on the barleys. At the moment, we're rejoicing at that on one side. It's likely to be affected on the other. So at this moment, you're absolutely right. I just think the optimum Hagberg, which is 400, is not there. It's less than that, and it won't take much to knock it back further. It's more trigger-happy, I think, and it's a measurable thing that drops you know, quite quickly once things start going wrong or the plant starts to germinate. Yeah, there is going to be a premium for milling wheat improving and and as I said I'd I'd like to think there's a way we could speculate on the milling wheat premium but there isn't really many ways you can do that is there? No I mean you can buy a cargo but I think you're going to be we're going to struggle to get anyone to offer us a cargo from Europe because they're struggling to fulfill their own demands. I bought a cargo of Danish milling wheat in 1985 you know. Did that smell of fish? Yeah that put me (laughs) off forever I mean it stunk of fish meal the boat before it had fish meal in them, and so we tried to flog it to UK millers, and it smells of fish. Weren't they good? No. We ended up blending. Mean, yeah. We blended it with low kilo weight UK wheat and kind of got out of jail on it. But it was an experience where I thought, hmm, you know, this isn't this isn't the greatest way to make a living because when you buy a boat, you buy a certain amount that's good, and the rest of it could be dodgy, or it's a blend of, of what you know, depending who the reliable supplier was. You don't really know. It was a, a valuable lesson. Yeah. I mean, you actually put me off white bread this week as well. My wife's gone away because I'm insufferable when harvest is going on. And Hang on, insufferable, full stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll see if Frontier have got a job. Go on, anyway, put, your, so put your tunic on your helmet, <laughs> get your gun, and go, <laughs> yes, Lord Vader. <laughs> anyway, and I, so as a little, a little treat, I went and got myself some white bread because I'm not, you know, normally it's brown bread. And I'm sitting in the office munching on my sandwiches, and you walk in and go, huh, it's got Chinese hair in, you know. Yeah. I was right, wasn't I? And you were right, yeah. Yeah, look it up, everybody. In your white supermarket bread, the baker, should we blame the baker or should we blame the miller? I daren't blame the miller. I'm sure they wouldn't put Chinese hair in there. Well, no, but, but <laughs> the ingredients of the bread in the supermarket shelves to make it last a bit longer has hair. Right. Lots of it comes from China. Let's just correct this. What it has is cysteine, which is a amino acid that you extract from human hair. Mm. So I think they, they buy the hair and they process it and then they get cysteine and then, yeah, all right. I think we've just talked down the mini wheat premium for this season, haven't we? <laughs> well, I don't know <coughs> if people buy proper UK proper bread, bread. consumption is just going to drop overnight. Yeah. Maybe the stuff with additives. Is it vegan? 
think Charlie's here. <laughs> Bring back Donald Trump. <laughs> Look, I'm just, you know, it's, it's a fact, right? Yeah. Chinese hair is in your bread. Eating white bread. Just get proper wholemeal bread. Pay the price for it. It's proper, proper kit. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I, I like the, yeah. Highly, highly processed food. Yeah. I treated Ben to a sandwich this week. <laughs> Spam sandwich, air fried. Was it white bread? It's good. I'm yeah, yeah, more yeah. about the white bread thick, than I'm thick, ho- thick white hovers, yeah. Okay. And was it the spam? French mustard. Do, well, well, listeners, if anyone hasn't had spam recently, if you want to have a secret on how to have thin slices of spam, Ian will now tell you. Ian. Slice it in the can. Slice easy. the spam in the can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then force it out the can and it's there yeah. in thin slices. Yeah, awesome, yeah. Perfect Here's one I made earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you try and slice it and it falls to bits. Ben almost admitted or confessed that it's as good as a bacon sandwich <coughs> it wasn't that bad and you know Ian I've watched you eat some horrific stuff over our years together and I just I buckled I said go on then let's have a spam sandwich and I mean it was yeah dry and salty but it was edible but, but you had about four of them he likes them and I get that it is one of his faves we've moved off from you yeah, know sorry. we've gone to Chinese hair and bread and stuff like that which is you know please look it up on the internet it's I'm not a nutter it is really true what else can we talk about the nitrogen levels on the barley are all very low is that because they put low levels of nitrogen onto the you know saving money or saving the planet by putting less nitrogen on is that every single sample going to be low on nitrogen from now on we wonder don't Look, know. Looks like it for this harvest, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yields of feed barley have been pretty good. Well, there's an enormous amount of straw on everything, which I think the summer led itself towards. So there should be a large number of heads. It's just whether they filled out. Certainly the, the wheat we rubbed out today on the, on the podcast walk, that wasn't fab. You know, it's, it's a bit sort of crunched up. I'm a bit nervous about kiloweights on wheats. And yeah, I think, but there's, a, there's certainly a voluminous crop there, I think. So the, the sheds will look full, they won't be weighed. They won't have the bushel weight, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The yeah. bit of information I didn't give you mm. about that wheat was apparently it's very disappointing yield-wise. Ah. Down a tonne to two tonne hectare on what the growers expect or hoping. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us that might have affected our trading today, Ian? Because it's gone it closing time, and I, these little bits of yeah. information no, sometimes say, what's it? One, make uh, me do things on the market. One which swallow doesn't make a summer, does it? it makes a good say. girlfriend, though. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now, Oops. Yeah, popular with other readers. Yeah. Um, girlfriend or boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> makes it worse yeah so, so yeah disappointing yield I went to Latitude last weekend you know and my observation about the commodity tent there were some very funny things on the comedy tent and there's lots of similar themes with lots of the comedians and one of the big ones that male or female was the confusion around the dynamic of sex nowadays between the whole people. gender debate the thing about consent non-consent which everyone should be clear on but it's got to such a point where you, you know every section of every movement. So this female comedian said, this is a guy, you know, it's, it's, it's great. So you think, right, okay, I'm going to go with this. And you start doing it, and, and there's this guy, and he's going, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Every, every time he moves his hand or something, is this okay? Are you okay with this? Like that. She said, so it, like, it kind of kills it. But I, I see why he's, in that, he's stuck in that corner, because poor buggers don't know what they can and can't do anymore, because it's no longer 
up to a line and you kind of carry on. It's like, no, is this okay? <laughs> no, she was very funny. The person in between the comedians was an extreme gay guy and he was actually really outrageously, 100% biasedly gay out there, which is completely okay, fine. Yeah. But you wouldn't get away with that as a straight person. He went too far. He was very... I can't, I'm not going to give you the examples because it's really pretty rude, but I found that a bit irritating. That's, you know, am I thinking this is this is imbalanced yes I was thinking he can say things that I can't because a straight white guy of a certain age is now in a position where he can't actually say anything ever about anything because he's got to be wrong and if he isn't wrong you know someone's going to get upset and accuse him of being wrong that's my issue but did you enjoy the comedy tent it was hilarious that was brought up is really reassuring you have to have satire yeah. No doubt somebody was offended by it. There was, there was a number of other things they were talking about. The bit about Brexit was hilarious. That was just, he said, right, okay, uh, you know, I, I get all that. I, I was very worried about all of the boat people coming in, and, you know, there's been so many of them. He said, right, anyone here f- come across on the chat? And he went, oh. Oh, I thought it would be overrun. And it, you could just, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. that was the line. And it was funny because clearly that... This well, you're all standing in a tent full of middle-aged white... Oh, man. The Sunday morning, they were the biggest queues for the coffee tent and <laughs> and trying to buy the Sunday Sunday Telegraph. Times or Telegraph. Yeah, and that, you know, it was, it was very middle-class stuff, but it was fun, yeah, it was good. And it was, you know, it was, there was the usual stuff going on, you know, a bit of rain and amongst it and, and so on. But it was, yeah, it was good. But it was very striking the way the dynamic of communication between people and humour of comedians has changed. And I would say there's a number of subjects that you daren't touch now. And that all of the comedians were either gay, there were an awfully large number of lesbian comedians, um, right. and, or women. There was, a, there was a couple of guys, but predominantly you know, women, and most had a kind of bias towards that, which was fine. They weren't making jokes, but most of them were, was, were funny as hell, you know, about the dynamics of being a lesbian couple with a child and the school and the dynamics, how the teachers deal with them and all this. And, and she said it, it is sometimes really confusing, but it was quite interesting how far the world has changed. Anyway, that's just an observation of an old person. Anyway, other than that, we've got rubbish weather ahead. We've got... The next thing to be cut by most people is all seed rape in our corner. Yeah. We are very worried about that. It's going to go into some of our stores. Hopefully, some of it will be dry. That would help a lot. Not a lot of chance of it. And then it's going to be spring barley in earnest, isn't it? Yep. Yep. And everything is crossed. Fingers, gizzards, legs, everything, praying that that stuff is sound. Because we need the spring barley crop from Norfolk from East Anglia. This is a very parochial co- podcast. We could talk lots about the rest of the world and all these various droughts, floods, heat waves, or whatever. But the dynamic of what's happening right here, right now, at this moment, we're optimistic the crop is going to be okay because what we've seen is okay and still sound. But it is getting to the edge of the precipice. And, yeah, we are concerned but optimistic. That's a fair assessment, isn't it? I'd agree, yeah. Okay, and you farmer boys, we're in this with you. This isn't a one-sided trip of misery for you lot. The yields are okay. The quality's generally okay in terms of nitrogen. Screening size has been a bit dodgy, but not too bad. Nothing to kick you out <coughs> or just a, a bit of a claim or whatever. Yes, drying charges are enormous, but the difference between feed and malting is £80 a tonne or 90 if it's a spring barley. That's worth a drying charge if you're really dilemma about it. So don't be foolish about that. Certainly all seed rape. It's 400 and something pounds a tonne with your premium. Don't mess around on that yeah. because it is going to shell out otherwise. So it's, it's now's the time to 
accept it's a difficult harvest, take some difficult decisions, and don't be grumpy with everybody around you like it's easy to be. And if you want light at the end of the tunnel, <coughs> come and see Ian's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do teeth joke That's counts. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to do teeth count jokes for the rest of our lives. Every podcast. Anyway, with that, thanks, guys, for helping with the podcast today. Thank you. And good thanks, luck. Tim, for the beers. Cheers. Yeah, Tim, thanks for the beers. Cheers, bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full-service creative agency specialising in websites, digital marketing and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.